and welcome into the football edition here of Sports and the World. I'm Ladarius Brown. And I'm Chris. And thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're listening to us through Anchor, Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Podcast, or Radio Public, we truly do appreciate it. And how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. So let's just jump right on into UFC 242. It's going to be on the 7th. And we're just going to talk about the, the main card. So let's start with Khabib versus Poirier. And give me your thoughts on that. That is going to be one hell of a fight. Ah. Uh... This one's a really, really hard one to call. Um, I've watched both of these fighters go in, in separate fights many a times. And then, of course, this is going to be the uh, the meeting of them. Um, personally, for me, I think old Khabib is going to walk out of this one. Um, I think it's either going to be a very, very late round TKO, or I think that he's going to go to the judges. And, of course, as you know, uh, belts very rarely change hands uh, under decision. So, I mean, the MMA community is super hyped about this fight. Uh, you know, the footages that they've provided from training um, and then their previous fights. I, I think that this is just this could go all five rounds. Um, but I'm still kind of, I'm going to lean a little bit towards a late round TKO, maybe a fourth round end beginning to possibly first minute and a half of the fifth round. Khabib gets the knock, uh, or some type of TKO finish where the ref steps in and calls it. Um, but also eh, leaning slightly to the, uh, uh, to the bell and, uh, and, and having the judges score it out. But, uh, as we know, they're not going to change belts on a, uh, on a decision. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. And to me, it was tempting for me to go with Poirier. It, it really was. But I go back to when Khabib fought McGregor. And people can have their opinions about Conor McGregor as a person. But, you know, when he when Khabib beat McGregor, you know, I learned... I, I How can I describe it? I learned something that I already knew, but just confirmed what I knew. If that makes any sense. But with Khabib, look, I truly do believe that I think it's going to go to decision. I think that as great as Poirier is and great as the story is and how he's, I, I, like you say, it's very rare in a blue moon that the judges will just just say, okay, we'll switch the belt. I, I, I just don't see that happening. I just, you know, I tried to find a way to rationalize, okay, maybe Khabib could lose, but I just can't. No, I, I don't see it happening. I mean, the dude is... Uh, what he's 20 27 and 0 yeah. i mean the, these are stats and some of the fights that he's won i i, I got ufc3 on uh, on xbox and he is the embodiment of a of a a video game fighter my my little creative character is is like 30 something and 0 in, in in the career mode in there and it's the same he just goes in and just i mean he beat the shit out of mcgregor uh, in that fight, um, you know, McGregor, of course, he's a loud mouth. And like you said, personal opinions, the guy's an asshole, but he's a good fighter. Um, but, you know, uh, Khabib just went in there and just, I mean, just knocked his block off and he's done it with everybody he's fought. I mean, you don't, you don't get to 27 and no, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, and the thing is, 
even though like his average fight time is about 14, you know, that's the give or take. But Khabib, I always say that it's the smarter, not harder principle. Absolutely. Especially like the older you get in your career. I do, especially in UFC, a lot of guys got by with being just smarter, not harder. So I, I, as tempting as it is to go with Poirier, like they're both coming off wins, but you know, I just, I, I just can't fathom Khabib losing to Poirier. And like I say, it's going to be one hell of a fight. I do believe that, but I just have Khabib winning simply for the fact that that McGregor fight kind of confirmed what I already knew about Khabib. And I'm like, okay, I can't unless unless you put you know. Chuck Liddell and all the, you know, you start getting Chuck Liddell and Tito, you get putting them all together like a machine. Maybe that could be Khabib. But I just really, it's very hard to bet against Khabib. So, so the next match, we got Barboza versus Felder. So your thoughts on that? Uh, Barboza and Felder. Um, I was looking at both of these guys. Uh, again, I've seen both of them, you know, throw some hands back and forth. Um, this one, I, I'm going to go with Barboza by decision. Um, he fights smart. Um, you know, uh, he also beat Felder back in 2015. I mean, granted things have changed since then in both of their careers. They both kind of, uh, have, have grown as fighters. Um, but I, I think this is going to go to decision. Uh, they're both, you know, class athletes they are both class men. Um, it, it'll be a, it'll be a good fight. You're going to see some, some very flush connecting hits between the two of them. Um, but just remember these dudes aren't slouches when you get to the ground either. Both of these guys are high level judo, pr- uh, practitioners. And I definitely think you're going to see some, uh, 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 ground game. And then with Barboza, um, the one thing that he's super dangerous with is those freaking leg kicks. Um, I think that's what's going to stop Felder is uh, he's just going to start chopping away like an axe onto a big tree. And as you know, with some of these fighters, you start you start getting into those leg game and you start you know kicking those those legs in the inside and outside. That takes the shoot game away. That takes the 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 kicking away, and then also the power and the punches because you're not going to be able to put that that weight on that plant foot to try to throw a hook or a straight or to get a real real solid shot in on somebody. So. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a, a knockout fight. I think this will go the full 15 minutes and uh, uh, Barboza walking away with a uh, unanimous decision. You know, I, I believe it's going to go to decision, but I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with Felder. And, and, you know, I guess to be the great contrarian. But, you know, you know Barboza, listen, he dropped his three of his last four. Felder's won four of his last five matches. I, I, it's consistency, and when you look at the numbers, you look at the tape, because the numbers can tell you one thing, and the eye test can tell you something else. So, I just look at Felder and I go, "Well, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't like Barboza. I really do." But once again, I just look at Felder and I go, "This is the type of match where if it's really 50-50, cause this is this, to me is a legit 50-50 match." And it just something tells me the old gut, and gut's never let me down before. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with Felder. You know, like I said, no knock on Barboza. I just have a feeling that Felder's gonna, gonna go to decision, and I think that, I think Felder finds a way. I think he just finds a way. All right. Well, hey, man. Uh, like I always say, we agree to disagree. Always, always, <laughs> always, always. So our next match is. Islam Makachev 
by Russian is rusty folks versus David Ramos. Uh, give me your thoughts on that match. Ah, uh, you know, this is another one with Makachev and Ramos. Uh, and no offense if I'm butchering this guy's name, dude. These Russians got some wild names. Um, <laughs> you know, this this is one of those Chechen guys that uh, you know came out of that Southwest USSR. He's already a hard ass to begin with by nature. Um, you know, this is this is one of the fights that a lot of people are saying shouldn't be on the main card. Uh, that this should have been a prelim fight, but you know, just remember that uh, Makachev is is buddies with Khabib. They train together, um, you know, and they both have that that lightning strike style of fighting where it's just bang, bang, bang. You know, you're gonna, uh, you know, you're just gonna just sit there and unload on somebody. You know, uh, it, it's it's gonna be interesting. On the other hand of it, you know, Ramos, he's a world class jujitsu champion. He's on a four fight win streak currently in the UFC. Um, However, I think just due to, to Makachev's ruthlessness, um, he he's going to do a lot of great things, I think, uh, in the long run. And same thing with this one. I don't suspect a knockout. I think this is going to be another 15-minute fight. But I think that this fight is going to electrify Makachev's career. This is what's going to give him that big, big break. Um, and I think it's going to go to decision with Makachev uh, taking, taking the win on this one. You know what? Yeah, you know what? I'm not even gonna push back. I, I I wholeheartedly agree. You know, overall, listen, I just think that, you know, Makachev is more equipped in the octagon than Ramos is. I just think he's just more equipped for that environment. That's his environment. That's his baby. And at the end of the day, listen, Islam. You know, his takedowns per per 15 minutes, 4.33 to Ramos is 3.28. And and when I look at those numbers, and then more importantly, I look at listen, the dude's 17 and one for a reason. I yeah. think and then training with Khabib, that was a plus in my head as well. And he could be like that next guy we could be talking about down the road if since we're talking about him now. And you know, and I, and I get where there's pushback on why this card, you know, this match, you know, could have been on the prelim, but I argue that, you know, Khabib, I'm not gonna say Khabib had a factor in it, but when you look at the tape. You know, what What other match could you have put, you know, what, and I, I'd always make that point. If you say it doesn't belong here, then what match do you have in the prelim that belongs here? Exactly. So I argue when you look at, I looked at the whole, I'm like, this may, I'm like, I have no problem with it. I think going to decision, I think, is you know, I think he pulls it out via decision as well. And the next, our next match, I don't know, this could be the, I don't know how quick this match is going to be, but. Curtis Blades versus Shamil Abdura Kimenov. These fucking names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I see. You know, it's my fault. They didn't. They didn't offer Russian when we were in high school. Yeah, yeah. No, we got what Spanish and French, and we were lucky yeah. if we got that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think on this one, um, old Curtis. I've watched him fight a couple times. Um, you know, this is this is his fight to lose, though. Um, you know, he could win this or he could, uh, he could lose this. Uh, you know, the last, uh, fight, you know, he knocked out, uh, what's it? Nagano. Uh, I think it was like a 45 second TKO finish. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think that the UFC fan base is pretty high on him. Um, but I think that this is, this could be like, like we talk about in football, his trap fight. 
uh, or, or his trap game. Um, you know, I mean, he's got a nine fight tenure. Uh, you know, and he's done pretty well. Uh, he's got a really good striking game. I think his overall performance is going to be based off of his wrestling base. Um, and they were talking about that, that some of the most successful UFC fighters of all time have started out on a wrestling base and then have moved to the jujitsu, the kickboxing, the boxing, the judo, etc. Um, I think this one, I think Blades, we're going to get a second round TKO. Uh, we, we will get a referee stoppage. This dude has some heavy hands. He has some fast hands. And, you know, not only does he have that threat, while you're getting punched in the face, he can slip a takedown into you, just pick you up and just slam your ass to the ground. Um, so he, he's definitely a, a, a two-front fighter, um, and he's very dimensional. He knows how to keep his angles to where he can shoot and get a takedown, or he can shoot and hit you in the face with a right hook. So... Uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, definitely, you know, Blade's second round TKO, I think. You know what? You know, once again, I'm not going to push back because, like I say, this fight, you know, if you leave your room, you might you might miss it. It's like a Tyson fight in the 80s. You know, if, if you leave your room, I'm like, oh, I'm going to grab some popcorn, you know, Blade's hand's going to be raised and it's going to be on to the next. You know, I listen, he wins 80% of his matches by KO or TKO. He has he's fifty seven percent accurate on his takedowns. Grappling per fifteen minutes, he's six point nine seven nine to Shamil's one point five. Folks, it's you know, it, you know, it, I, I just this this would be epic if somehow this fight goes to a third round. I, you know, it I would, would it would, but I don't, I don't see uh, Shamil walking out of. Exactly. Walking out uh, of the first, if he makes it out of the first, I think it's it's like I said. I know I'm predicting to go for it to be a second round TKO, but I think it's going to be a very early second round TKO for him to um to make it to the third. God himself would have to be protecting this boy because Curtis has just got he's got some hands on him and his takedown game. I mean, he's you said what he's keeping people what seven seven point something you know on the ground. Yeah, I mean that's seven nine. Yeah, he'll he'll just wear your ass out. You know, if if he if he gets like you know sometimes fighters, I think they get the feeling that they can't. Like I was watching um, uh, the last fight card, uh, Yoel uh, God Soldier. I can't remember his last name right now. That's embarrassing. Romeo. Um, I was watching. I, I think he got the feeling that he wasn't going to be able to knock his opponent out, so we just tried smothering him. I mean, granted, he did lose that fight, but. Uh, I think if Curtis gets to feel that this guy is just, just has a jaw of granite, that he'll just, just smother him to the ground. And then at that point, he's just going to get him defenseless and just punch him in the face until the ref says, okay, that's enough. Yeah, because uh, like I say, late first, early second, I, I just, like you say, you know, God himself had, would have to be like, okay, we're going to go. You know, I like I say, this is the one match of the card where I'd say it wasn't really that hard to pick. You know, in terms of like how by teach, you know, I I think Blades, listen, he's just phenomenal. And I'm like, you know, Shamil, thanks for showing up. Here's your check. You can go on. Mm-hmm. And and so like I say, I think Blades late first, early second. And the last match on the the main card we have is Merivek Tayusamov versus Diego Ferreira. So give me your thoughts on that. Um, you know, this is another fight that uh, I think could could potentially be intriguing to watch. 
Um, you know, th this one I was I was reading the reports on it, um, and this is a very split down the fight between uh, between the two of them. I'm gonna go with Tsayamov or however to how do how do you pronounce his name again? Tsayamov. Yeah, you, you yeah, did Tsayamov. You did I'm gonna go with him on a on a second round TKO as well. Um, he's a fun fighter to watch, and and he has a lot of arrows in his metaphorical quiver, I guess you could say. Um, it's another one of these these southwestern Russian dudes, this, this dude's from Chechnya, um, and he's just a bad son of a bitch. Uh, I I think it, it's th this one is going to be one of those fights where the dudes are going to stand in the middle of the octagon and just punch each other in the face. It, it it's going to be a very uh, 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 fun fight to watch. Um, uh, but I, I think, uh, Mr. Russia, I think this is going to be a very Russian dominant card over here. Vladimir Putin will be proud. <laughs> He's like, yes, I like what's going. Yeah. It's not a great <laughs> Russian impression, but folks, it works. You know, you know, I'm going to go and tell you some off as well. You know, based on the numbers, based on, listen, this dude, like he wins 62% of the time knocking out. It's, it's his, only his fourth fight since 2016. So he's rested, obviously. He's won three of his four matches in that time, and his take. But what took me away is that his takedown accuracy—it's seventy-seven percent. To and for on that twenty-three, and I'm like, folks, you know, it's it may not be like the blade. It may not be like the blades and Shamil match, but I, I, I once again, I, I'm I give Diego for I I'm gonna give him some credit. But at the end of the day, when I see a number, and as you know, I'm big on accuracy, 77%, the last time I checked math, is a hell of a lot bigger than 23%. So I'm going with Tuyusimov over Ferrell. And, you know, and that's, you know, overall, I think UFC 242, I think it's going to be a very good card overall. Once again, Absolutely. I think overall, you know, I... Like I say, you know, that, that Khabib match from Poirier. That's, that's going to be so much fun to watch. I, I'm upset that I might actually have to catch a rerun of it. I'm, I'm going to be in a conference this, uh, this weekend for work. Uh, and then also it's at a 2 p.m. start time. So I'm hoping that maybe by the time I can get out of the convention center, maybe there's a bar somewhere that's, that has it on. I would absolutely love to watch that. Or I just might try to cheat and turn ESPN Plus on on my phone <laughs> and then just mute it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, listen. <laughs> Perks of being the boss is you can do that kind of shit and there's no one there to yell at you. <laughs> exactly. That's why I tell people, they ask me, oh, there's why you have a tutoring business. I, I'm in charge. That's why. That's Absolutely. Uh, you know, who do you answer to? Uh, One thing I'm curious, uh, Ladarius, I want our people that are listening to reach out on us on the Twitter and the uh, Instagram and Facebook, Sports in the World. Leave us your comments and thoughts about who's going to be uh, the winner and what what do you think. And let's see if uh, you know. Let's see if we can get somebody to uh, to guess with us, guess against us, or guess right. You know, maybe we're wrong, they're right, or we both could be wrong. You know, opportunities are endless. But I'd like to hear some of the people out there what they got to say. You know, I totally agree. So you go to at Sports the World on both Twitter and Instagram and go to Facebook at Sports and the World and with the ampersand and the world. Leave your comments, your right, wrong, indifferent. Because like I say, you know, to be fair, you know, you know, we gotta be better than Derek. So <laughs> I, I think I know he busts his kids' balls so hard. I think that's the life takeaway. If that if that if like 
folks, it's it's inside joke, but folks, trust me, take our word for it. We're trusted. You know, you know, we're like fuck. We're the most trusted name in news, folks. Just, <laughs> just, just, just take us at face value on it. I'll do my best. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I'm, I'll do my best. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so now I want to transition into uh, college football, and you know, it's week two. You know, week one. You know, I, you know, I'm gonna go on the record and say, folks, but Florida State, I told you so. I told you so, folks. <laughs> I told you so. It, it, I told you, folks. Listen, it looked great. It looks great. It's like that. It's like the love of your life across the room. It's like you're in a club and you're dancing. Hey, she looks great. He or she looks great. Until you flip that light on, that's Florida State. When you turn that light on, you got the real Florida State. Yeah, they I, I, they let me down last week. And yes, I I am saying they let me down. You heard it. Um, I. I was hoping because the thing is, is that if it, I want to see Florida State fall to shambles, but I would like to see Florida be the ones to to kind of knife them and watch them bleed out slowly. Unfortunately, Boise State beat us at a punch. Uh, they they blew what a twenty one point lead. Yeah, you it, know, I mean, it, how in the hell do you do that, Willie Taggart? This is why I said, uh, you know, my 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 best friend is a Florida State fan. And when he told me the day Tagger got hired, he texted me. I mean, probably as soon as it posted on whatever Florida State pages that he follows or ESPN or wherever, whoever made the first official announcement. And he said that we got Willie Taggart. I said, well, sucks to be you, Um, you know, because I knew it was I just I'm not a fan of Willie Taggart. You know, he's got a negative coaching record. He's played in in piss poor conferences I mean, he didn't do much at Oregon. And Oregon is a team that you could do a lot with because, again, they have all the hype. I think some kids go there to be recruited just to have some cool-ass shoes and, and helmets. Um, you know, not to actually play and win, but, you know, that's a Pac-12, I guess, in general. But, you know, Florida State, you, you killed, you're killing me, Smalls. You are killing me, Smalls. Get your shit together, Florida State. I would like to play a decent team in November. I got front row seats to that game. I would like to watch you get your ass waxed properly. I don't want you guys going in there on a suicide watch, looking like Jeffrey Epstein, one step away out of a jail cell. Hopefully you guys don't have information on the Clintons. You guys will be alive for us to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, that was harsh. I know. I'm sorry. Listen, folks, he said it, not me. So when you look for him, don't look for me. I'm yeah. the guy. With, I'm the short white white one, not the tall black one. <laughs> yeah, you know, we both have beards. It's easily confusable. You know, I you know, I might shave tonight. But so so now here we go into to week two. And give me some of the games that you're personally looking at. Uh you know what? Uh you know, unfortunately our boys in, in the swamp aren't playing anybody of relevance. We're playing UT Martin. Um UT Martin's gonna get a fat paycheck. Um, that's going to be a good learning experience to see what it's like to get your ass handed to you in front of 80,000 plus fans on a hot Florida day. Um, that's a good warm up for us to get the kinks and hopefully the fumbles out of our system that we committed against Miami. Uh, maybe this game could be the game that gets um, uh, Frank's mojo back. I don't, again, I don't think it's a big game to talk about. Uh, of course, Florida's going to win. It's going to be a slaughter um, that usually most quote-unquote week one games are, even though it's week two, but since we opened up against Miami. 
Um, but you know, outside of our boys, um, I was one game I'm, I'm actually curious about is the Texas A&M and Clemson game. Uh, A&M and Clemson, uh, Jimbo knows how to play against Clemson. Jimbo came from FSU, wanted that SEC money, came and brought his ass on over. So he knows how to handle Dabo Sweeney. Um, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. I, this one is going to make or break the level of Texas A&M season. If they somehow squeak this victory out against uh, Clemson, SEC West, watch out. LSU, watch out. Bama, I'll even say watch out. This could be a huge, huge boost of confidence for them going into a week two game against the number one ranked team in college football. And Clemson ain't no slouch. I know I dogged the ACC, but I think that Clemson, they've proven that they aren't a slouch. A&M, I would like to see them win, but however, I'm going to predict Clemson to win. Clemson's offense is just uh, the, that quarterback they have there. It's like watching him throw a ball is like watching a howitzer just lob a one five five around from from one town to another. Um, they've got a very strong offense. Their defense isn't a joke either. Um, A&M is going to give them a run for their money. I think Clemson squeaks. However. We keep bringing up that that term trap game. This this is a trap game for Clemson. I, if they go in at the first quarter and when that light goes green, they stay on the gas all the way through that race. They'll win. If they if they feather or they try sandbagging for a little bit, A and M could could sneak up and, uh, and 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 catch the knockout on them and uh, and and walk away the winner. However, uh, Clemson, another game. Uh, that I'm actually curious to watch is LSU and Texas. LSU's got a stout program. Texas has a stout program. You know, people, uh, you know, it must be a Texas, to this Texas football thing. Oh, we're back, we're back. Everyone's saying it about the Cowboys. We, we saw that, uh, you know, that Zeke re-signed his, his big contract. So now people are saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl already. So um, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be proving grounds for Texas. Texas, if you want to be taken seriously, beat one of the best SEC teams out there. LSU has a very hungry defense, a very good offense, a very productive offense. Um, I think LSU is going to win this game. Texas will keep it close. I think it's going to be within, I'll say within a touchdown, uh, like a like a, a 28-21 or like a 28-35 scenario. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, another one is the University of Miami <laughs> and UNC. Um, here, here's your chance to make it up, boys. Um, you know, UNC, uh, they were a surprise team. I, I watched them walk away with a couple victories in the past years that they shouldn't have, and this could be another potential. Miami, uh, hopefully um, we the state of Florida defeated you uh, in Camping World Stadium, we also defeated you this week. Um, all we did, I actually saw Jim Cantor was standing on the beach in Fort Pierce. He took a giant gator sign, a UF emblem, and held it up on the beach. And that's why Dorian stopped what she was doing, thought about it, and then said, I'm out of here. I'll go attack the Carolinas. Uh, you know, uh, so we, we, we definitely know we can stop the Hurricanes. Um, I would like to see Miami actually come back and win this one. It would be nice to see them bounce back after getting uh, that very, very bitter loss against us. But uh, UNC is a good team. I don't think they're that great. But, however, 
we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited. Another one that kind of blipped on my radar uh, that could be a dismal failure or a very entertaining game to watch is Tennessee and BYU. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I actually heard that uh, uh, old, old Rocky was uh, in the transfer portal. The little puppy was trying to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, he's uh, like, he's like, I think he, I think he said rather, I think he's ready to go to Middle Tennessee State. That's that's yeah. what I read. That's what I read. That's what I read. Uh, there's nothing more that I enjoy in life than a salty Tennessee fan and a salty FSU fan because Tennessee fans are almost as obnoxious. I love you guys, but Jesus, you guys think you're a great program, and well, survey says otherwise. Um, BYU is an up and coming program. However, I think I think UT. The scary thing is, is that when you look at all of the the boards on on online and on ESPN, this is a very split down the middle. Uh, call. I'm going to go on UT. Um, hopefully they pull it off. I think it's going to be a very close game. though. It's going to be within a field goal. Um, but Tennessee needs to wake up and don't embarrass us again. We're the SEC, damn it. I know you're the bottom part of the SEC, but you're still in here. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck this up, Tennessee. Um, another one is, you know, I'm going to give some love out to the West Coast, Stanford and USC. Uh, you know, there, we always say that there's a bias and we don't talk about them. We talked about Oregon last week. They lost like I predicted. Um, they still have as many national titles as I have, which is zero. Uh, I got a coworker that's based out of Seattle. Josh, I love you, man, but your team still sucks. And it was proven again. Um, Stanford and USC is going to be a fun game to watch. However, I think Stanford's just going to kind of walk, walk them. Um, Stanford just, they, they've, they've got a lot of up and coming players USC, they 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 just they're like Notre Dame. A lot of people talk about them, get all hyped up on them, and they don't do anything. Um, and then the trap game of uh, of the week is going to be uh, FAU and UCF. Um, this should be a walk in the park for UCF. Um, I'm curious to see how they're going to go about it. FAU isn't that great of a program. This is a gimme game, and it should be a gimme game. But again, if UCF does, if they take the foot off the gas. Um, they could lose. I'm projecting UCF to win and win by a lot. However, this could be that trap game that if they're not going into this 100%, the pretend title town in uh, in Orlando is going to be uh, in some deep shit. Yeah, like uh, Mickey. Anyway, you know everything you said was true. You know, you know with Texas Texas A and M and Clemson. Do you know what the line on that game is? You know, I, I I don't have it in front of me. I looked at it and I got very. I was like, "Holy shit!" And then, yeah, it was, uh, it was nineteen and a half. <laughs> and and I'm like, "Wait a minute, listen, <laughs> I listen, listen, I'm not Vince Vaughn, and you're not John Favreau. This ain't swingers, okay? This is not a this is not a Vegas thing. This is you know, listen. I like Trevor Lawrence. I like even Travis Etienne. He had a great game. He had twelve. Rushes 205, three touchdowns. Yeah, great game. But you're telling me against an SEC school, you, you might as well say 20 points. That's ridiculous. Listen, once again, it proves again that the SEC, listen, they're looking for ways. Listen, I know how great Clemson is. We both know how great Clemson is, you know, due to our, our preseason picks. But listen, Jimbo Fisher, listen. He's four and five versus Clemson, which is, you know, not that bad. Because, listen, you know, so a lot of those games were 50-50 games. You know, eight and 11 versus top 10. 
and I get, you know, with Jimbo, but listen, he's got a quarterback in Kellen Mond. Listen, that dude, I'm not saying he's better than Jameis, but you give Jimbo a quarterback, it's like giving me, like, listen, like giving me a chocolate cake. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. It calms the situation. FYI, let's get a chocolate cake in here. The point <laughs> is, and the thing is, is that 19 and a half, that's insulting to the SEC. That's insulting to Texas A&M. That's insulting to anybody, like anybody who believes that Clemson is going to blow out Texas. Listen, it could very well happen, but listen, I, I just don't. I, you know, even though I like Clemson in this game, I don't like them by over. I don't like them by twenty. That's ridiculous. No, no, not at all. I, like, I, I, it, it, it's if if that's the case, then shame on A and M and shame on Jimbo. But I don't think Jimbo is going to let let a score get ran up on him that hard. Exactly. He understands the ACC. I just don't see that. And then to talk about you know, LSU and Texas, listen, if you're Tom Herman, listen, if you're Matthew McConaughey, you, all, all of you, you know, all, all right, I, all right, all right. Exactly. I'm going to tell you guys something. Look, if you, I'm not saying I don't, a part of me says you, but listen, I'm going to stick with LSU. But if you make this game close, you make it interesting. You make it interesting. That's you know you know it's a you know a period you know you know. But the thing is, if you can make it close, I'll, I'll give you more respect because quite frankly, listen, LSU was four and one versus the Big Twelve. Then the, they lost to Texas back in 03. And you know, here's the thing with Texas: they're nine seven one versus LSU. But that was before when they had like the Ford Model T cars. All right, so. <laughs> You know, so I look at this game and I go, look, Tom Herman, if you're looking for a signature win, a signature, this is your chance. If you can beat and you got him at home, you got him. You got him in Daryl K. Royal, you got him. You can pull it out. You know, listen, that's more believable. Listen, you know, that minus four is a hell of a lot more believable than 19 and a half garbage. And I'm like, folks. Somebody must have been hitting the sauce. You know, yeah, somebody was hitting the sauce when they did that line. Cause, but, you know, I, I like LSU. I'm going to say by a field goal. I'm going to say by a field goal. You know, and then we're talking about, like I said, we disrespect the Pac-12, and there's a reason for that. Go ask Oregon. Once again, they did their best FSU impression and blew a lead. So, <laughs> they did their, hey, let's do what those guys did in Tallahassee. That's a great idea. Blew it. So that's why the Pac-12 doesn't come up often on when we talk. There's a reason for that, folks. We put a lot of sound logic into this. Listen, Stanford and Cal, to me, it's a push. Listen, Stanford defense, you know, against I saw that game Northwest. It was boring for the most part. But listen, you know, listen, I, I, I get it. But, you know, the Stanford did have four turnovers. And the thing is, you know, David Shaw, he's four and six versus USC. But I take back to the fact that, listen, USC, they played Fresno State. They gave up 175 yards. But the defense gave up 462 yards against Fresno State. And, folks, that's that school in California that nobody talks about. It's kind of like Florida International for us. So, <laughs> like, we, we know what's there, but we don't acknowledge it. It's like that relative at your party. Oh, that's your cousin? Sure. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> sure, that's what, that's what the tree says. So, you know, so I look at this, and I, I, I'm going to go with Stanford. 
better coach. And listen, you know, the quarterback, the KJ Costello, might not even be the – he might even play for Stanford. He got hurt. So you might be potentially have two freshman quarterbacks playing because JT Daniels, he's out for the, he's out for the year for USC. That's a, rough, that's a rough break for him. And, you know, I was really – that's one of the guys really high on, you know, for the future of that program. But, you know, hoping he gets better. But 50-50, I go with Stanford. I think it's the better – I think coaching matters. And listen, I'm not the biggest Clay Helton fan. I don't care what the record says, folks. I'm not a fan. And then we were talking about BYU and Tennessee. Folks, folks, BYU last week, they had 300 total yards against Utah, which is a very good defense. You know, very good defense, but they had three turnovers. And you can't turn over the ball, you know, especially against a Utah who can, listen, may not be the greatest offensive team in the world, but they make it, make it work. But I want to go to Tennessee. Folks, if you're listening in Tennessee, first of all, Great Smoky Mountains, great place. But not for football. (laughs) Not for football. Like, you know, lacrosse, sure. Here's the thing. This is that loss against Georgia State. That was the first loss in a home opener since 1983. Georgia State, Georgia State was two and ten last year. They were two and ten. And by the way, the last time, like I say, since '83, Billy Jean was a top song in 1983. They say, "Well, Billy Jean's not your lover," and Tennessee ain't for football because apparently, apparently, I guess. Listen, Smokey went to the terminal. I think Peyton Manning went into the transfer port after that game. Nobody. This is embarrassing. Like Jesse Palmer said, that's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And then it's just it's just inexcusable. How do you give up? And listen, they got outscored 213 yards to 93 rushing. You can't score. The quarterback for Georgia State was terrible. 46%. My God, Chris, we could throw 46%. I, I possibly could. I might throw my shoulder out, but damn it, I can I can give it a try. Exactly. And I'm like, folks. And you know what? Listen, listen. Tennessee is the Florida State of the. Listen, folks. Listen, I'm picking BYU because listen, folks. I keep telling people. Listen, Tennessee is like that salesman. They're like, I'm gonna be a little Broadway musical here. You seen the music man? When he comes to town, it has a burn up. He's not. He came and play an instrument himself, but he convinces the whole town they're great. That's what Jeremy Pruitt's trying to do to Tennessee. Hey, we can win here. And, you know, just like in the music, man, listen, he kind of stumbled his way and figured it out. Jeremy Pruitt's got to stumble out and figure out a way to turn around this program. Because, listen, because Lane Kiffin, he, y'all, y'all ran Lane Kiffin out of town. Listen, once again, not a great person, but he was a good coach. Listen, Derek Dooley, no one knows who that guy is. You had Philip Fulmer, you ran him out of town. FSU, you did the same thing to Bowden, by the way. Listen, if you're Tennessee, you're going to go 0-2. And if I'm Jeremy Pruitt, yeah, I start looking for, I start selling my house. You and Willie can figure out a way to sell houses because, <laughs> you know, check out. I, I know a realtor. I got you, boy. Exactly. I got you guys. See, we got, see, folks, we're, all we're doing is making connections. That's all we do here. And, and the last game I want to talk about, the UCF and FAU. Listen. You know, UCF played good, not great against the Rattlers. But here's the reality, folks. 
you know, this is FAU's biggest game on the schedule. Because of it, they play, I think, the California Penal League, the, let's see, the Houston Oilers, and the, and the what is it, the, the Mean Machine. So Ooh. that's what they... That's what they got left on the schedule. I don't think they're favored in that game either. So, I like Lane Kiffin. He's, he's turned around FAU. He stayed probably longer than what people thought he was going to do. But listen, UCF, and I've said this once, I'll say it again, folks. You're a bunch of frauds, you're phonies. Listen. Hashtag fake news. Hashtag fake news. That's a great impression, folks. Figure out who it is. You might win a lollipop. So... I'm I'm gonna take that leap of faith that you did against you know Louisville and, and Notre Dame. I'm saying FAU beats UCF because Ooh. because because folks, look, I keep trying to tell people, listen, UCF, listen, it's 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 more so about their conference. And I talked to Derek. I'll be, I'll be real quick. I was talking to our buddy Derek about. Who you play matter. He told me it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Because if you play 10 garbage teams, you're going to score all these billion points, but you play, uh, play a legit, legit team. Oh, why do they get blown in the water? Did you see who they played? And as I say, I, I, told, I, I told Derek, I said, Ohio State's a great example of that. That's when that year Florida blew, that, who, did, who did Ohio State play that year? Folks, who you play matters. Like, don't let, don't, there's a reason why we play, you know, 12, 13 games on a schedule for. Who you play matters. And, and if you're playing close games against garbage, you know, heaven forbid what you'll do when you're playing legit teams. So, listen, I like Lane Kiffin. He gets this signature win. Oh, he's out of there. He's packing his bags out of Boca real quick. You know, he, he's got that smell of being gay off of him in that old music. <laughs> so... Hey, I love you, Boca. You're great people, but you know it's, back- it's a seven o'clock game too, and they're they're playing in Boca. So I mean, that's that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think UCF should. They're ranked 18 right now. There is no reason why UCF shouldn't win, except for themselves. Um, they uh, on 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 paper are a better team. And they bitch and holler about how they deserve a national championship and a title shot, so on and so forth. Don't fall in the trap, boys. If you fall in the trap, I will respect you as much as I do the Pac-12, which is none. (laughs) So, so folks, I think before we move on, I think here's some takeaways what we're trying to teach you guys. Listen, the Pac-12, listen, you got respect. Listen, and if if you're in Boca, I don't apologize for my comments. You know, I'll send you a case of Ben Gay. If you're in Tennessee, you know, listen, Smokey's in the portal. Peyton Manning's in the portal. You know, I, you know, I could argue some of the fan base is in the portal out of that game. So, so with that being said, folks, you know, all we do is, you know, we build bridges and we equally destroy them. So why? Because we have the tools. So, so now we're going to go from college where we destroy people or help, depending on the perspective. And we're going to go right into the NFL. We're just going to rattle off. Everybody plays week one. You know, even Oakland plays week one from what I read. So <laughs> I'm going to touch on Oakland on our closing thoughts. I'm, I got to, I got some shit to say about. That. OK. Oh, yeah. I think I think we both do. I think we both do. Folks, we're going to listen. If you're in the Oakland area, you might want to stay tuned. 
listen, I know it's a little early for you guys, but, you know, wake up, get some coffee. You know, so, you know, so let's run through our predictions for week one. You know, kick off the, the NFL 100th season. I think it's just glory. Yeah, you see, I couldn't do it any better. <laughs> I saw the clouds, the cherubs, and everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so kicking off, first game is uh, today, actually, yep. 8.20 p.m., the Green Bay Packers playing in Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Green Bay on this one. Uh uh, there's Chicago has weapons. Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of like in the Avengers. We have a we have a Hulk. Um, uh, I think Green Bay should be able. To, it's going to be a very close game, but I think uh, Green Bay is going to walk away. Uh, starting Sunday, the one o'clock slots. You got the the Dirty Birds. I'm literally staying less than a mile away from their stadium. Let me tell you, this Mercedes Benz Dome is cool as shit. Ladarius tomorrow when I'm when I'm back on that side of town. I'm, I'm I'm back uh, at the hotel. I'll take some pictures for you. That is a cool ass looking stadium, City of Atlanta. Good job on building that 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 magnificent masterpiece. However, all that beautiful stadium, yeah, boy, you're not playing there. I know. Here it comes. You're playing yeah. in the U.S. Bank Field up in Minneapolis against the Vikings. Uh, I think uh, I think Mr. Cousins will try to bounce back. Kirk, for some godforsaken reason. He plays really, really well the first half of the season. Um, I'm going to predict the Vikings are going to win this one. They've got Dalvin Cook back, healthy as a horse, until he hurts himself again. You got uh, uh, Thielen, you got Stephon Diggs, you got Kevin Rudolph, and you have Minnesota's defense, which ain't no slouch. Uh, another one o'clock sellout. You got the Skins at the Eagles. Uh, Philly is my hometown now, so I'm going to go ahead and, and root with my uh, with my birds. Uh, we're gonna. That's gonna be a high-scoring game, but I think the Eagles are just gonna trample them and just eventually pull away. Uh, one o'clock slot two. Buffalo Bills at my Jets. J E T S. Jets. 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 Uh, Sam Darnold's gonna come out. Le'Veon Bell is gonna show that there's no such thing as ring rust in the NFL. Uh, New York's gonna win by that. Defense is gonna be a very contributing factor as well. Uh, you've got the Baltimore Ravens at the at the Finns. Uh, definitely Ravens are going to walk away with that one. Uh, touchdown minimum. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs in Jacksonville. I would like to see my boys in Duval do some work. Nick Foles' first game at the helm uh, with a lot of people that he's really hasn't had uh, uh, the chemistry with he did in Seattle. Or excuse me, not Seattle, in Philly. Uh, I, however, I think my boys in Kansas City, though, uh, are going to do some damage. Um you know Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know everybody out in the KC staff, or they're 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 going to become Patrick Mahomes. That boy's going to be out there gunslinging like it ain't nobody's business. Uh, so I think uh, Kansas City's going to win that one. Uh, another interesting game to watch is going to be the Titans and the Browns. Uh, the Titans exactly aren't the 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 stand up team in the NFL uh, for as far as talent, but they're one they're one of those guys that's good enough to play in the pros, but doesn't really do much. Um, Cleveland, this is your this is your time to shine. Baker Mayfield, uh, he's going to put his balls on the table. He's going to perform, and so are all the other boys in there. I think Cleveland's going to be the victor of that one. Uh, the Rams and the Panthers, uh, that one, I'm that one, I'm very tossed up on. The Rams are good, but the the, the Carolina Panthers, they've got a lot of trickery in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I'm still even. I, that's going to be a close game. It's going to be within a field goal. 
I literally flipped a coin before uh, before we got on here, and I I chose L.A. Um, starting at the four hundred five slots, you got the Bengals at the Seahawks. Uh, that's going to be a massacre. I think the Seahawks <laughs> are going to put a hurting on them. Uh, poor Andy Dalton, his, his hair is going to turn a little extra red after that ass beating. Uh, another four hundred five slot, you got the Colts at the Chargers. Uh, definitely the Chargers, I think, are going to win on that. They're just not prepared with with Andrew Luck's uh, departure. Jacoby Brissett did get some snap times and things like that. However, I don't I don't think that they're ready just yet. And starting off your season against the Chargers is not a fun thing to begin with either. Uh, I expect the Chargers that that's going to be at least a touchdown victory. Um, the 49ers and Buccaneers, uh, Jameis Winston, if you want to prove that you're an elite NFL quarterback, you start with day one today, you had a, an up and down season and the man can perform when he's on, he's on, but Holy shit. When he's off, he is, is off. Um, no reason Tampa Bay shouldn't win right now. Yes. Jimmy G is back and McKinnon is back on the 49ers. But Tampa Bay has weapons. Uh, Mike Evans, like I said in the last uh, NFL podcast we did, he is getting to almost to that Calvin Johnson, that Megatron point where you just all you got to do is throw it in his direction. He'll haul it down for you. However, uh, I'm going to say Tampa Bay close game with three to four point victory margin. Uh, San Francisco's defense is just they're going to have a hard time containing Evans. Uh, the Lions at the car, Lions at Cardinals. Um, well. Uh, Detroit's definitely going to walk away with that one. I think this is going to be a NFL welcome to our, our new new guy at the helm in, in Arizona. Um, I, I watched a couple preseason games of him. He looked kind of skittish in the pocket. I don't know how he's going to do in his first official start, uh, but the Lions have a season defense, a season offense. Um, we'll see what Marvin Jones, maybe he can haul a couple in uh, for Detroit. Uh, another interesting game that's very intriguing to watch is the Giants and Cowboys uh, and they're playing in Dallas. Uh, I'm curious, you know, now that Zeke's back, um, we'll see how he looks at, at practice going into the game. Uh, every A lot of people are predicting the Cowboys to win. However, I'm going to go with the Giants on this one. Shaquan Barkley is going to be a tough son of a bitch to contain. Uh, and let's not forget Eli Manning. I know he looks like he's on another plane it half the time when he's on the sidelines you can make fun of uh, uh of eli all you want but the man beat new england twice he's got two rings to prove it uh he was the kryptonite to the new england superman um so that should be a good game the last slot on sunday night the 820 is the pittsburgh steelers and the new england patriots uh you know that one that one i had a hard time guessing too uh and i know it's going to sound biased uh, because they are New England, so you would automatically think that um, that I'm going to pick them. However, uh, curveball, I'm actually going to slot New England to win by six points. Uh, the Steelers, this is post-drama. The, the Bell's gone, Brown's gone. It's now Juju and Big Ben and Vance McDonald. I was reading something that they're not going to be using Vance McDonald as much. Um, I find that just to be a little bit of trickery. That man, he can block and he can hold a block. However, he's got hands on him. I expect him to be used more. He is a great check down. Um, he's going to be able to run those those light routes. To get if Ben's in trouble, he can dump it off to him. If Connor's not there, and the man can can fight for those extra yards. Uh, the Monday night games were actually blessed since it's opening night. Uh, we get the doubleheader. We get the Texans at the Saints, and, and then the Broncos at the Raiders. Uh, 
I'm going to go ahead and choose the Saints by uh, a substantial amount. Uh, Houston's just they're just falling to shreds right now. I know Deshaun Watson's back. That knee's healthy. I'm happy to see him up and moving. I don't I don't see them winning though. New Orleans Saints are going to be the victor on that, and then the Bronx at the uh, at the Raiders. Derek, this is for you. Your Broncos are going to win. <laughs> um, Oakland is in complete fucking disarray right now. Uh, Mr. Brown is now picking fights with with. I saw an update an hour ago that he's pissing people off in the locker room. Picked a fight with. Uh, I think it was the what was it the coach or was it the the, the GM? Uh, the GM Mike Mayock. Okay, so he's he's picking fights with them. You know, we're not even. You're not even in the first full week of your job yet. It's like, dude, stop doing dumb shit, man. Um, and from what sources are telling ESPN, uh, is that he's going to be suspended anyway. You know, you threw a temper tantrum about your helmet. You got you got a suffice helmet, and now here we are. And you're not even in the week one, and you're already getting suspended. So shame on you, sir. Get your shit together. You're being paid a lot of money, and Raiders fans, Raider Nation is depending on you to not be an asshole. Stop being an asshole, please. I'm not I'm not part of Raider Nation, but I'm asking them on behalf. Stop being a dick. Um, Broncos are going to win by a touchdown. Um, Oakland's just in disarray. What else is new? You know, that I, I might as well say that water's wet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, you know everything that you said, and, and and for the folks, I'm going to post our picks up on the, the Facebook page, you know, on the uh, Sports of the World Facebook page. You know, look, and we're going to talk about the Raiders in our one last thing because it's it's kind of like the fry. Like, how do you get fired on your day off? How do you get suspended on your day? How do you get suspended? Bro, Mike Mayock, let me tell you, old man strength. You keep that around with Mike Mayock. Like, listen. Uh, listen, that dude. Like, listen, he's not. He may not be as felt as some of you. You know, you know, Antonio Brown. Listen, that's listen. That neck up thing, folks. How? You know, listen. And the only reason why we're picking. Listen, we both love Derek, but folks, if Joe Flacco at 86 years old cannot go out there and and at least look decent, then that's your season. Because you know, I know wacky things happen on Monday night, but but jeez. This, you know, a, a dumpster fire literally on the field is better than the Oakland Raiders. And, and, and Pittsburgh's looking like, hey, we told you so. So, <laughs> like, hey, 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 like, hey. You, you knew somebody was going to, to pick him up. No one was just going to let Brown sit in the, off, in, in, the, in the free agency. But uh, with him, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, as old man Ben said. To the only Spider-Man who was actually granted a trilogy. Um, yes, Spider-Man 3 is fucking terrible, but at least Tobey Maguire made it there for his little swoopy jazz yes. douchebaggery uh, oh my. Uh, oh my. back in black yeah. attitude. But we'll talk about that another day. Exactly. Um, Antonio good. Brown, good. just stop being dumb. You're, you, know, you have a prime chance out there on the West to do something good. Just, just stop. Yeah, just yeah. I think that's not too much to ask. Just ask him to stop. Right, exactly. But I gave my picks, Ladarius. You tell me what you think. You know what? I'm just gonna go real quick. Packers and Bears. I I went with the Packers as well. I I I'm really high on Green Bay this year. Titans at Browns. I'm I'm riding the train. I'm gonna go with Cleveland. You know, Ravens at Dolphins. You know, are people gonna show up? I guess they will. You paid money. 
But I'm, so I'm gonna go with the Ravens. That feels like the University of Miami. No, the Dolphins. Got it, folks. Falcons at Vikings. Look, you can call me a homer. Listen, I know we're not a Mercedes Benz. I'm gonna believe in Matty Ice. I got Julio. He's gonna get paid. Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu. I'm uh, listen. Kirk Cousins. My cousin's better than Kirk Cousins. I'm going with Atlanta, Bills and Jets. You know, listen. I'll say J E T S Jets Jets Jets. I yes, said it. Sir. I said it on the on the podcast when we talk. I think they're gonna be one of those surprise teams. I'm gonna write them. I like Sam Darnold. Bell. They're gonna be ready and go. Washington at Philly. Listen, folks. You know, I'm not gonna say over by the half, but folks, Washington literally their best player, the offensive tackle, ain't showing up. Case Keenum's is your star. Case Keenum is your starter, and and I just fear that Dwayne Haskins. You know, he's going to show up earlier than what we want, folks. I'm not saying this game, but down the road. Rams at Panthers, 50-50 game. I went with you. I went with the Rams. Chiefs at Jags. Hey, Nick Foles got the money. Smart man. I'm still picking the Chiefs. Too much Mahomes. Colts and Chargers. I just think that Andrew Luck trying to get over that. I'm going with the Chargers. I think they're the second best team in football. Bengals at Seahawks, folks. You know, folks. This is this is this is worse than the St. Valentine's Day massacre. This game is good. This game is done. You know, you thought it rained in Seattle, folks. You're gonna see a lot of rain with the football in an end zone. And then Andy Dalton, like you said, head's gonna get red. He's gonna look like Andy after this game, folks. It's gonna be a hard knock game for him. Giants at Cowboys. Listen, I almost listen. I gotta go with Dallas. And listen, oh, and, Jesus and, and you know, you, you know what this means, folks. Then go with the opposite because listen. Because Dallas, listen, listen, you know, 40, how old is Eli? I think he's, oh, he's 84. Got it. 84-year-old Eli Manning, listen, he he out-threw Dak Prescott last year. But listen, you got Zeke, you can't screw it up. You can't screw it up, right? Oh, I forgot Jason Garrett's the coach. So, <laughs> I forgot, guys, you know, you, when, you're in the, when you're in the heat of stuff, you, you have this great proclivity to forget certain things. That, I, that was not in my notes. It should have been. That's on me. I'm a, I'm a professional. I blew it. But Lions at Cardinals, you know, I didn't like what I saw from Kyler, but, you know, Detroit, I think week one is always like a trap game. There might be a – I'm going to say this is the trap game for Detroit. I'm going to pick Arizona. Ooh. And, you, know, you know, I'm going to say that David Johnson somehow shows up. You know, they still got fits. They're still talent on Arizona. You know, so I think, you know, I, you, know you got Cliff and Kyler – that sounds like one of the Kardashians, but it works. Kyler, they all start with K, so I think that's why he drafted them. So I'm going to go with Arizona. Niners at Bucks. Listen, my dad's a Bucks fan, and as much as I want to be anti-Tampa, I can't. Jameis, this is the start of you doing something legitimate. Go out there, play. You got Mike Evans. You got O.J. Howard, a great tight end. That defense is, you know, I think Todd Bowles is down there now. I like Todd Bowles a great deal. Get that defense in order. So I picked Tampa. Steelers at Patriots. You know what? I'm going with Pittsburgh because listen, I said it. I said Big Ben. It, listen, he plays well against when the moment rises. Like you know, last year was kind of an aberration. You, you forget it was there. He still got Juju and like that Vance McDonald nonsense. I'm not buying it. You know that's a legit tight end. And you got James Conner back there. And like I say. You know, Patrick Chung got like like uh, cocaine. So, folks, it ain't all what it's cracked up to be. I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh there. Ooh. 
Texas is Saints, listen, folks. Yeah, the Saints are going to march in. They're going to march out in about three hours with a win. The Texans, who's the GM over there? Tommy Pickles from the Rugrats? Who's the GM over there? Because, <laughs> because I mean, they're, they're trading away a farm. They're getting, I'm like, folks, jeez. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I think Chris, I think we're worth a couple of second rounders if we get traded. I'm like, like, uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, Chris Olson is the is the interim GM right now, so he's. Uh, I mean, they're technically GMless, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. How does happens. that guy have a job? Well, right now he he he's he's the backup right now, and Good uh, the, the the ship is sinking, and the captain fell overboard. Man, he was the first officer. He is the the commander Riker of ah Jesus of the next generation Texans right now. Ah boy, and can we someone get Picard in here? <laughs> unretire him immediately. He he got sucked up by the Borg, man. And Tex, Texans are going to be in for a rough season, I think, the whole time. Oh my God! And and a game that's appropriately played in the black hole, Broncos at Raiders, folks. Listen, if if a hundred and twelve year old Joe Flacco cannot win this game, you got Von Miller, folks. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, Broncos fans. Look, folks, and we're gonna talk about our one last thing, but let me tell you something, folks. You can't get listen, John Gruden basically he took your money. Listen, he's a swindler. Folks, you know, I right, I'm gonna be real quick with this, folks. Go look what he did after he won the Super Bowl in Tampa. Folks, you know, he, he drafted Bruce Gradkowski. Who is he? Exactly. He, he done his best work with veteran quarterbacks. He can't even develop. That's why Derek Carr regressed last year under John Gruden. He had better years under Jack Del Rio. And, what is, and Jack Del Rio, listen, he had David Garrard, for God's sakes, at Jacksonville and won. And imagine having a talent like Derek Carr and you're blowing it? Gruden. Get your shit together, Gruden. Yeah, Gruden, listen. Hard knock life for everybody there. My. But you know what? Back back to, to to Flacco for a second, man. I mean, he he at thirty-four years old, the man has accomplished a lot though. Let's really sit down and talk about it. You know, I mean, he he won a Super Bowl. He was the MVP of the Super Bowl. He his breakout year in two thousand eight. Uh, he won the uh, Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Um, he did great things. He's he's a Jersey boy that uh, went to college at UD right down the road from me. Um, he did well in in uh, in Baltimore. I think it was his time to go. All good things must come to an end. Um, Denver was in need of an experienced quarterback because they were they were stuck with Dirty Sanchez and. Uh, you know, we'll see, we all know how that ends. And uh, Derek, I'm high on your Broncos on this game. I mean, granted, it is the Raiders, but there's no reason why Flacco can't go out there and just beat Oakland against the wall like no one has ever seen before. Yeah, you know, listen, Joe Flacco went to Jersey. Listen, he didn't want to. Listen, he thought Rutgers was bad, so he went to Delaware. He's listen. Folks, look, I want to go play in Rutgers. Ah, no, let me take that back. I'll look, go. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know Delaware had a college until I moved up there. I'm going to be me, honest with you. Me either. I, you know, I said they have, I didn't know hens were blue either. Yeah, I learned, yeah what a, what a weird-ass team name. And their shirts are just hideous. But it's, it's, yeah, I guess, uh, listen, if people are paying for it. So it's not, it's not my money paying the school. So 
Who is listen? He didn't want to go to Rutgers. Listen, I'm, it's not an indictment on Jersey, you know. But look, there's a reason why the basketball team left, and they'd rather go to Brooklyn. So they said, "No, we're good." And you know, listen, Chris Christie. Listen, he probably ate the team. That's a rumor. I can't come. <laughs> ah, shit. So now let's move on to baseball here. So. So now let's do our top five Major League Baseball teams. Oh man, this is this is the part in baseball. You're at the final twenty five days of the season right now from today. This is where everything counts for everybody. Um, we're gonna. You might see a team sneak in on a wild card. Uh, you know, the, the, I think that I think the board is set. Um, personally, for me, here's my top five. Number five, the Atlanta Braves. Um, they they've got a hell of a bullpen, um, and they've got bats. They can hit, they can go, and they can just destroy. Um, their weakness is is their bolt is their starting line their their pitchers their rotation um, that could be what fails them. However, I mean they're six and a half games ahead of the NL East unless if by some stark miracle happens. I I see them winning the uh, the NL East. Hopefully, it's not like the Atlanta curse. They make it to the playoffs and just and and fail once once they get there. Um, I'm curious to see how that will that will work itself out. Hopefully, the Braves will change my mind. Uh, number four is going to be the Minnesota Twins. Um, they they've been hot. Uh, they've got great pitching. They've got great offense. However, if you can get that pitching, that starting lineup, you can get some early early hits and wins on them. Um, like, like we did, you know, when they played the Yankees in in, in the series. Getting those early hits, getting the early home runs, was a key factor into our success on that. And that they started relying on their bullpen, and it, it turned into a batting practice at that point. Um, if they can, if they can keep their starting pitchers in the game long, will will they'll they'll be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, number three is the Houston Astros. The Astros overall, I think, are probably the best put together team. They really don't have a weakness. They've got they can hit, they can field, they can pitch, and they have a bullpen. If if things go bad, you've got goddamn Justin Verlander and and Garrett Cole, the 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 best one two duo in in Major League Baseball right now. As much as it pains it to, for me to say that. I would love to say that Hap and Sabathia are the one-two, but Sabathia is just—he's on borrowed time, and it sucks. He's probably one of my favorite all-time pitchers, and he's back on the IL again with uh, with a knee issue. Um, that's going to be scary uh, with them. However, Houston's—I think the complete team. I—they're I, definitely going to make it to the uh, the ALCS and face off with the Yankees. Um, and, and we'll, we'll jump to that in a second. Number two is, uh, and again, I know when I get to my number one, it's going to sound biased, but I have my theories behind it. Number two is going to be the, the, the Dodgers. Um, they've got great bats. They've got great offense. They can, they can get on base. They can steal bases. They've got great starting pitchers. 
Um, they've got the best record in baseball right now still. Um, and they've got a diverse roster. The, the, the problem is, is their speed. Their outfielders aren't the fastest. Um, they can steal a base if the pitcher isn't paying attention, but they don't have like that, uh, that explosive speed that, um, Oh, um, Brett Gardner has, you know, that, that just, that it looks like a, a, a drag car being shot out of a, out of a dig. Um, the speed is their weakness. Um, and the Yankees really exposed that. I mean, yes, we were just crushing home runs left and right, uh, on the series we played last weekend, but, uh, we are hitting those little bloopers in between like the short and left field and second and, and center and then first and just those little into, in into the, the dark zone in between the two people. And they just, they weren't getting to the ball in time. So we were turning singles into doubles and so on and so forth. Um, but they're still a very, very strong team. I predict them winning the NL. I think personally for me, my bets is, is going to be the Braves and the Dodgers for the, uh, NLCS and the Yankees and the Astros, the NL, the Dodgers are going to win it to the world series and the AL, the Yankees are going to win it to the world series, which is going to lead me to my number one team, the New York Yankees. Um, people are getting healthy. We've had 29 injuries. We set a major league record. Not only did we have the most home runs in a game and the most home runs in a season and all the other things, but somehow we have these nobodies that have came up from AAA and proven themselves and are just cranking balls over the fence. And there's the, the Yankees are just doing so well right now. They're firing on eight cylinders when two of them are broke. And I don't understand it, but somehow they're making it work. Uh, now, uh, I, I read this morning that Stanton's going to be doing a AAA game, so they've got him through a, a heavy batting practice. He should be back on the field. You know, Judge is there cranking home runs. Sanchez is there cranking home runs. Uh, Ursula is there. Uh, I mean, the pitching is, you know, that's the only thing that scares me is the pitching. Uh, Tanaka has been inconsistent this season, but you, we Paxton, I think, was a great pickup from Seattle. Uh, Hap has been our, our saving grace. Sabathia, dude, please get well soon. Uh, I need you. Oh, you know, I, the, the, I, I am R2-D2 right now, and I'm going to Tatooine, and I'm looking at at Sabathia and I, uh, CC Sabathia, you're our only hope. Uh, the only way we win the World Series is, is if Sabathia stays healthy. We need that strong left-handed pitcher that will just shove a ball up your throat and make it look like it's going to be a ball, and then you you catch the strikeout and you're staring at it. Um, pitching's in a slump. Uh, the hits have been there. Um, this is my favorite time uh, for baseball is these last 25 days. In the month of September, it is make or break for everybody. But um, like I said, there's my four. There's my World Series prediction as well. If I'm wrong, oh, well, I don't think I am. If I'm right, well, then I'm right. What else is now? Yeah. You know, I was going to say the same thing. Yo, folks, he's just right. You know, that, that's the purpose of the show. We're both right. Like, we, can, we can be wrong, but it's, it's like Halley's Comet. It's, it's, it happens every once in a while. You know, my top five is the exact same as yours. And, and like I say, folks, we do these separately. So it's not one of those, old, one of those magic tricks where, no. You know, uh, you know, like I say, I, you know, my thing with the Braves is, listen, they're second in the NL home runs behind the team that's going to be on this list later. You know, Freddie Freeman, Acuna Jr., you know, Don, Donaldson, listen, they got they got thirty homers plus on this team. Freeman with thirty eight, Acuna thirty six, Donaldson thirty four. Acuna's third in you know stolen bases. Freeman's tied for first in RBIs. 
Listen, but like you say, their Achilles heel to me is pitching. Outside of Mike Soraka, you know, was 11-3, and three, I, you know, there's not much, you know, pitching that's behind them that convinces me that can go long. But because it's the NL, the NL is kind of like the Eastern Conference in basketball, for, you know, for a while, how it was, where, there's, you know, you just, you know, they're at the top because they're so great offensively. Like, number four, the Minnesota Twins. Look, listen, they lead baseball 272 home runs, folks. This is the thing. They have the most 20 home run hitters on their team. It's a league record, and they could have six over 30, which would also be a league record. Listen, they can hit, you know, you know, Rocco Baldelli, who would knew is a great manager, former player for the Rays. Who knew? But what concerns me with, with Minnesota is pitching. They're one of nine teams. They have no complete games by a starting pitcher. And that, to me, concerns me because, you, you know, bullpens are going to get used up come this time. And listen, and when I read the teams that aren't don't doesn't have one, listen, the Rays, the Reds, the D-backs, the Padres, the Brewers, the Angels, the Tigers, and of course of course Baltimore, who big shocker there, but you know, I would like to see, you know, I want to see improvement on the starting pitching front there because you're going to be facing a team that's going to be on this list. There's a lot of offense in the AL. And it leads me right to number three, the you know the Houston Astros, and you put it very well. They're the most complete team. It's like when you look at their roster, like oh well, it's very hard to find a hole. But listen, they have three of the top pitchers in ERA on the staff: Verlander's third, seventh is Cole, and Wade Miley. It's as ninth. They can pitch, but you know, but they're thirty-four and twenty-five with teams better than five hundred records. And to me. You know, they're right up there with the team we're going to talk about shortly. Number two, I have the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, look, they're, they're, they're blowing, listen, they're blowing up the NL. Cody Bellinger, you know, po- probably the MVP. You know, if, you know, I don't see them blowing a lead like this. They're the MVP. You know, he's the MVP. They lead the Major League Baseball in Team ERA. Rio, you know, Hunjin Rio, the starting pitching. He's 2.43 ERA. Kershaw's 2.96. They got Walker Bueller. Like I say, I could argue Kenley Jansen could be the the back end of that bullpen. It's a concern, but when you have aces going like that, it may not be a big issue. But listen, Chris, my friend, I'm right on board with you. I got the Yankees number one. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, numbers and the eye test. Listen, like you and you, and you said it, they had 29 players on the IL. 29. And yet they're second in their second in home runs with 263. Because let me tell you, listen, Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres, folks. Uh, listen, uh, give some shout out to DJ LeMahieu. He's fourth in batting average. You know, I, Aaron. We got, some, we got some studs out there. It's, I don't understand it. It's, and, and this is why I say, we not, listen, I think we talked about this previously. We knock certain franchises. Listen, you, you can't knock. It's like, like a song, Don't Hate Me Because I'm Beautiful. Don't hate the Yankees because they're good. Yeah. Don't, because, folks, Aaron Boone, listen, I, and I say, manager of the year, this dude had to, to juxtapose a roster, I could argue, from opening day. That, you know, he. Hey, man, that, Boone put it best. They're fucking savages in the box. Then that's all that, that's all that matters. Because to me, is pitching a concern? Yeah, and you know, would have liked for them, and you know, you know, the trade deadline to get somebody. 
when I saw what the Mets got for Marcus Stroman, when I see how they got him, I'm like, that's not real. The Blue Jays, I, I guess if Tommy Pickles is running the Texans, then I guess we might just say, let's say, Angelica is running the freaking Blue Jays. Who made that, that trade with, like, folks, the Yankees? My question is, I know Stroman's not a strikeout guy, but it, they're banking on the health. Like, Sabathia, he's going to get healthy. James Paxton, I think one night, listen, that dude is great pickup from Seattle. Tanaka is great. Listen, Severino, when he gets healthy, this Yankee team. You know, oh. the one, if I can cut in for a second, the sure, one guy that, you know, I completely even forgot to mention um, is Domingo German. Um, oh, yeah. He's actually going to be starting tomorrow night. We got a, a, a series in Fenway that we have to go lay the smack down on those boys. And, you know, if you look at German stats, the dude is 17 and three. You know, I, I, I'm ashamed of myself. I didn't point him out earlier. His ERA is a little heavy at, at, at 4.01. Um, he's pitched 132 innings, but the dude has been consistent for us. And he's a young player. He's only 27 years old. I'm really excited to, to see him open up against uh, the Sox tomorrow night at the 710 slot. Um, but yeah, if we can get our pitching healthy, uh, Sabathia, um, if we can get, uh, uh, Batances back in, um, Montgomery back in Severino without, we're, we're definitely feeling, um, the, the tension without Severino being in. Luckily, a couple of these guys are actually going to be making some debuts back in. Um, Severino is scheduled for to, to pitch a double-A game in Trenton on Friday. Um, so I'm actually happy to see that. And then same thing with uh, uh, Batanzas. He's also scheduled to do a rehab game on Friday uh, with the double-A Trenton, Trenton team. So... Hopefully our boys can get back, and if we can get those guys in the saddle with the overall uh, uh, success that we've had, L.A., watch out. And you know what? You're absolutely right. And, you know, listen, it, it, it's very – it's hard. Listen, I don't blame you. You know, Domingo, there's just so many pieces that makes this team work. And and like I say, you don't have to like the Yankees. It's the same thing I've said about Lane Kiffin. It's the same thing I've said about a lot of people. Listen, Conor McGregor, you don't have to like them as people. You don't, have, you don't have to like the Yankees as an organization, but you have to respect what they've done, especially this year. This year where, listen, the World Series champs, they, they're behind the Rays, okay? So what this is to me, it's a Yankees-Dodgers World Series. It's going to be great for baseball. It's great for fans like us. And listen, Aaron Boone, I cannot him, I cannot gush over what him and Brian Cashman have done. With this roster, losing like Giancarlo, if I would have told you that they would have been, if they were up 10 games at a 10-game lead, you wouldn't believe me. Like Eric Carroll's on on Fox at Baseball said, if I would have told says the same thing. Like if I would have told you they, they had the most injuries, that Giancarlo Stanton wasn't playing, and you would have told me that they would have been 10 games up. He wouldn't have believed you. Absolutely not. Nobody would have. But, you know, listen, that's our top five. Great minds think alike there. So, you know, let's get out of here on one more thing. And I know you got for the Raiders, so I'm going to let you go for it. 
you know, I touched on it when we were talking about the uh, the the Monday night game. Um, Antonio Brown, get your shit together, man. Stop being stupid. You 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 want it out of Pittsburgh. You're gone. You have a new organization. Uh, you know, stop. Just stop being dumb. You know, I, 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 that's literally the only thing that I can honestly say is. If he can just keep his head on his shoulders and keep his personality out of his ass, he could be one of the greatest people of all time uh, receiver-wise in the NFL. But he is one of those guys that he will be his own worst enemy. Um, you know, the the band, I forget what band sings it, that I am my own worst enemy song, but that, 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 it's, that's his anthem. He just he needs to stay out of his own goddamn way. Uh, if he can, he's gonna have a very long and prosperous career. If he doesn't, then well, he's shit out of luck. So that's all I got on that, uh, Ladarius. If you want to add anything to it, please. Look, by all means. Look, you know you, what you said was was spot on. Look, he wanted out of a great situation in Pittsburgh. We see it's just like you wanting out of a great company. Because you clash with with leadership. And listen, if you're Antonio Brown, I understand that, listen, big, he had, I think Antonio Brown's main problem is, I'm never going to say ego, because what I always say is that people can take a lot of stuff off of you if you're really talented, but you have a big ego. My thing with Antonio Brown is that I think he's not even, I think his ego and his talent are matched now. People talk about Terrell Owens, how Terrell Owens was a locker room cancer. His talent was always higher than his ego. Yeah, the, the guy performed on the field. He was a dick in the locker room, but it was on the field. He didn't pick fights with people. He just he, he went out and he performed. And if you want to be a shit talker, don't be what, – what he's doing is he's being a fucking Conor McGregor. And I, and I liked Conor, but, you know, McGregor ran his fucking mouth to Khabib, and Khabib knocked him into fucking oblivion – hopped that fence like Spider-Man and started commencing ass whoopings on all of McGregor's fucking crew. Uh, you know, and, and the Raiders as an organization are going to pay the penance and bear the cross of Antonio Brown this season. I have a feeling if he, hopefully he gets suspended. He needs to understand that he is not in charge. He is not the GM. He is not the head coach. He's not the fucking starting quarterback. That's the pecking order in a football team. You are not any of those. You Granted, you are the number one receiver, but fall in line, follow your fucking orders, and do your job and go home. If you don't like it, go to the goddamn Canadian Football League. And you're absolutely right. And I'm going to touch on this before we – and you talked about it. Listen, and I think we talked about it in the last episode. We talked about structure. And you have to look at – I look at football like I look at a business. I look at the owner, the coach, and the quarterback. And right now, and let's just be perfectly honest with the, with the Oakland Raiders, out of those three, I just like the quarterback more than I like the ownership right now. I really do. And I really feel bad for Derek Carr because Derek Carr was having a pretty good career until John Gruden showed up. <laughs> and, 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 and people are like, go look at the numbers. Go look at what he did under Jack Del Rio and look at that one year of you know futility he had last year under folks. Antonio Brown, and you said it perfectly. He's not falling in line. That's why. That's why Pittsburgh traded him. That's why organizations like Pittsburgh and New England they're successful because listen, they've got rid of I could argue Hall of Fame worthy talent. 
not because they're not talented, but they're, you know, like I say, the ego got up there with the talent and they weren't worth it. And at the and at the end of the day, and at the very end of the day, Antonio Brown's own demise is that, and I predict he may not play a game this season. Oh, because if and if he does, he's not he's going to play probably no more than half the season, because at some point he has to understand it. Like The Rock says, know your role and shut your mouth. You fucking jabroni. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, if you can't do those things, listen, people people gave a lot of crap to T.O., but how many teams did T.O. play on? So apparently his ego was not as greater as his talent. Like at the end, T.O. was T.O. was super petty, you know, for not doing his speech at, at Canton. That was petty. You got in the Hall of Fame, deal with it. But I understand why he felt that way, because, listen, it's not about your personality. It's about how you play. Antonio Brown, I could argue, is messing up his legacy. He'll be known as the guy. We'll forget those numbers in Pittsburgh. And this is it will be his memory. And that's not great for him because this dude started arguing about a helmet. He got the helmet. Yay, we can move on. But now it's this, you know, fighting with the general manager. He wants to fight with everybody. This dude wants to pick a fight with everybody. Go join the UFC. Get your ass knocked out by Khabib. Exactly. Yeah. Go, (laughs) you know, know, put some pen to paper and and, and sign a contract. Get Dana White. Because, you know, BJ Penn's not there anymore, so they're looking for talent. So go get some pen to paper. But you know what, man? You know, that was great talk. You know, and once again, folks, the social media one more time. It's at Sports the World on both Twitter and Instagram. And it's Sports and the World. And it's and with the ampersand, the world. To go on Facebook, check out the content. I'm going to post our picks on Facebook. And I'm, you know, I'm, in the episode, I guarantee it will be up before kickoff for the NFL's 100th season. And once again, I want to thank my man, my co-host, Chris, for joining me once again. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, everybody out there in fantasy land, uh, we're here, boys. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, you know, good luck to everybody out there, except for the person I'm playing this weekend. Um, I hope your players all just decide not to show up to work. I need that early W. I need to come out strong. Uh, everybody else, good luck. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. UFC 242, if you guys can pick it up, ESPN Plus, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, Saturday. Watch Khabib throw a beat down. Uh, this is glory time, everybody. Baseball is closing and football is back. Everybody say a prayer to whoever you idolize and just thank them for another beautiful, blissful sports season among us. And uh, I'm glad to see everybody made it through. Dorian, okay, you know, uh, uh, you know, say a prayer for those people in Bahamas. Um, I saw on Facebook there's a bunch of people uh, that are donating. If you live locally in the Brevard County area, there is a moving company called Movers RS headed by uh, C.J. Morris. He's doing some disaster relief efforts. If you want to reach out to him on Facebook, it's Movers R Us, literally the, the letter R Us. Reach out to him if you're interested in donating some money to the Bahamas or supplies, all that. Um, he's got some good hookups that he's going to be working with that. So um, stay safe and uh, try not to get uh, too wound up uh, tonight for the game. Well said, my friend. And for Sports in the World, I'm Ladarius Brown. And I'm Chris, and we'll, we'll catch you guys later. All right. Be safe and be well and be blessed, folks. See you later.